Welcome to Binge Breakthrough, the podcast designed to help you finally break through the barriers that keep you stuck feeling out of control around food. I'm Master Certified Coach Jane Pilger, and I want you to know that no matter how long you've been struggling or what you've tried, food freedom is possible, and I'm here to show you how. After years of therapy, eating disorders treatment, restrictive diets, and reading all the books, I was still stuck in the on-again, off-again cycle of restricting and binging until I was able to see it all from a new perspective that changed everything. Each week, I will share the strategies, tools, and mindset that allowed me to overcome my decades-long battle with binge eating. Your journey to body trust starts now. Let's dive in. Hello, trusted listener. Welcome to Binge Breakthrough. I consider you a trusted listener because I trust that you are listening to this podcast, this episode, on this day for a reason. I trust that you are going to hear something today that is going to be insightful and impactful for your journey. So let's dive in. So today I want to talk about why I think other approaches to end binge eating don't work. Now, this isn't to say that mine is the only approach that does work or that anyone else out there talking about this topic is wrong or misinformed. The purpose of this episode is to share what I consider to be the obstacles and challenges of other approaches so that you can seek the help and support you need that will get you the lasting success that is possible for you. So if you're someone who has been on the binge-restrict pendulum for a while, with periods of what seems like success, followed by periods of -of out-of-control moments with food, I want you to be able to find that place where food feels easy and where you are able to eat in a way that feels supportive and honoring to your body, your mind, and your spirit. Now remember, there is no one-size-fits-all approach to binge eating or to feeling out of control with food sometimes. Each person's journey is going to be unique based on a number of factors, but there are some very common components to a lasting solution to feeling out of control around food. All right, so let's talk about what some of the other approaches are and the challenge that I see with them. So one approach that I see many people take when addressing binge eating is avoiding sugar and flour. And I did this myself for a number of years. And I thought it was, quote unquote, successful. I lost quite a bit of weight and I felt very empowered. And I was living by some very strict and very rigid rules. Then I started binging again. And when I did, I felt like I couldn't stop. And when I look back on it, I can see that I was bypassing a lot of my own experience through restriction. I wasn't learning how to navigate certain situations or even my own emotions. It was all happening from rules, control, and rigidity. I was getting a dopamine hit by my weight going down. But as soon as I had any sugar or flour, I was certain I couldn't control myself. 
Now, the problem I see with eliminating food groups is that it often gives a lot of power to that type of food. Now, if you think you can't control yourself once you start eating something, chances are excellent that you will prove that true. I personally had to question my belief that those foods were bad and that I couldn't eat them without binging. I started looking for the evidence that there are a lot of people who are able to eat sugar and flour in moderate amounts and don't lose control when they eat them. I wanted to be able to live a life where I could have dessert sometimes and where I could show up to a party or a potluck and not have to ask ahead of time what would be served or wait for hours to eat because nothing at the party was safe or okay for me to eat. One of the problems with this approach, aside from demonizing food, is that it doesn't cultivate connection with your body. I powered through a lot of decisions around food. I avoided a lot of emotions, and I pushed my nervous system towards a continual dysregulated state while trying to follow these rules and stay away from the foods that I thought were so bad for me. Now, if you genuinely feel better in your body and in your energy levels when you don't eat certain foods, I think that's an amazing reason not to eat them. Or if you genuinely feel better when you eat certain foods in lesser amounts. I think that's an amazing reason to decide the amounts and the quantities of certain foods that you want to eat. But if you are not eating certain foods because you think you can't control yourself when you start, or that you really would like to be able to eat in moderation, but you don't think that it's possible for you, I think that is problematic. I don't believe that anyone is powerless over any food. When you give any food that kind of power, this becomes a problem. All right, another approach I find problematic is counting. Counting calories, counting macros, counting points, or other exchanges. Now, the problem I find here is that it's looking towards something outside of yourself to tell you what or how much to eat. How can anyone else know what is the right amount for you to eat? Have you ever been on one of those plans and run out of calories or points? Odds are probably good that the answer is yes. And then what did you do? You might have either not eaten anything because you were out of your budget completely ignoring your hunger signals, or maybe you said, screw it, I'll start over tomorrow. And then you ate a bunch of extra food because you knew that restriction was coming the next day. Something outside of you is imposing rules and guidelines on you. And as we talked about in episode 34, tell me what to eat, don't tell me what to eat, We rarely respond well to these sort of external rules. 
Now, I am not saying you have to figure this out all on your own and that you shouldn't consult anyone outside of you for anything related to food choices. But it's so important that you learn how to turn inwards for making any decisions for yourself, whether that be what to eat, what to wear, who to spend your time with, or what you do with your life. I advocate an approach where you don't outsource your decision-making. So instead, you take information that you learn from other sources, and then you decide what resonates with you. You get curious. You experiment with different things. And you let your body become a part of your decision-making process, rather than making all of your decisions with your mind. You learn to discern what is truly right for you. You're not trying to replicate what someone else did and then wondering why it doesn't work for you in the same way, completely disregarding the fact that you are uniquely wired. There is nobody else like you. The foods and the amounts that feel amazing to me are going to be very different from the foods and the amounts that feel amazing to you. Have you ever noticed what happens with your mind and also the way that you show up around food when you start comparing how and what you are eating to other people around you? I know for me that when I would do this, and I even still notice it sometimes, if I start comparing myself or my plate to somebody else around me, it takes me immediately away from myself. When I notice that that's happening, when I become aware, it's like, oh, okay, there it is. I can see that I'm comparing myself. And I remind myself, my body will be my guide. My body is my best guide. It knows what I need to eat in this very moment. Comparing what I'm eating to the person next to me, that is not a very good guide. This is turning external. This is looking to something outside of me, whether it's the person next to me at a luncheon, whether it is somebody else on the internet, or whether it is some article I read online. You learn how to become your own authority when it makes when it comes to making any decisions in life, especially decisions around what to eat. Now, this is something, this may be a new skill for you. You may not know how to be your own authority at this moment when it comes to maybe even any decisions. Maybe you are very used to seeking outside, um, outside validation, outside help, outside resources, and you are not tuned into what it's like to make that decision for you. But this can be learned. It is a skill. It is a skill that each one of us have. And this is an approach that I advocate. This approach feels amazing when it's done from a place of connection with yourself. From this place of truly wanting what is best for you and for your body. When you're empowered, connected, and choosing what feels honoring and supportive, You won't need 
to disconnect from yourself with food. Now, here's the other problem with many approaches. They only focus on the food. Eat this. Don't eat that. Eat at this time. Don't eat this time. Don't eat at this time. Eat these foods. Don't eat these foods. And as I've shared so in so many of these episodes so far, binge eating and feeling out of control with food often has nothing to do with the food itself. So think about it. Of all of the other approaches that you have tried in your journey with your struggles with food, have any of them focused on your nervous system? Have they focused on the way you talk to yourself and how to suspend the shame and the judgment so that you can truly understand what is happening for you? Have they focused on your emotional capacity and expanding your ability to be with any emotion so that you don't need to escape yourself? So my husband coined this term years ago, and it's so true. He would tell me, it's not the food, it's the mood. He could see after a binge, I would want to talk about what I ate or how I was going to change what I was eating so that I wouldn't binge again. And even as somebody who didn't know anything about binging other than what he heard from me, my husband could tell that my inability to be with uncomfortable emotions and the terrible way I talked to myself inside my head had everything to do with what I was doing with food. It was not the food itself. It was what was happening otherwise. And so many other approaches don't look at this. They only look at the food. Now, in the first few episodes of this podcast, I reviewed the eight reasons why people binge. Now, here's a quick recap for you. Reason number one, shame and judgment about the behavior. Reason number two, restriction, physical and mental restriction. Reason number three, nervous system dysregulation. Reason number four, disconnection from the body. Reason number five, it's a coping mechanism. Reason number six, the attempt to control. Reason number seven, habit. And reason number eight, your internal dialogue, the way you talk to yourself inside your head. Notice in these eight reasons, only one of them specifically has to do with food. And that's number two. That's the restriction. And even with the restriction, there's two types. There's mental restriction and physical restriction. The physical restriction actually has to do with food. But the mental restriction doesn't. It's all about what's happening in your mind as it relates to food. Now, we could talk about the habit as being related to food, but you also have habits of negative thinking patterns, maybe the habit of judgment, the habit of disconnecting from yourself when things get uncomfortable, the habit of trying to control things that simply can't be controlled. So many of the reasons why people binge have nothing to do with food, but many approaches only focus on the food. And so this is a problem because it often simply isn't about the food. 
And when we make the focus all about the food, we separate ourselves from the true answers which lie within. Now, if you want to know more about these eight reasons and the reasons why you binge, as well as the solutions, each of those reasons has its own corresponding solution. You can go back to the first 10 or so episodes of this podcast, and I go deep into each one of these items. Now, other approaches also only focus on your thinking. So it's this top-down approach where you look at what you are thinking about the food. Maybe you come up with some new responses or some new thoughts in your mind, and then you change how you behave around food. But humans don't work this way. We don't only work from the brain down. A bottom-up approach is also important. A bottom-up approach starts with your body, connecting with your body, the nervous system, your emotions, and working all of that together with what is happening in your mind to impact how you show up with food. So it's both. We can't just look at what's happening in our brains. We can't just live up in our brains and up in our minds. We can't just focus on the food itself. We also need to bring the entire body into the equation. Okay, by now, I'm going to guess you're getting the theme here. The answers don't lie outside of yourself. You have everything you need inside of you. But your internal wisdom has been overridden by the diet industry and decades of external belief systems and other people's ideas being forced upon you. You did not get to the place where you are right now overnight. And you won't get to a place of internal trust, wisdom, and discernment overnight either. But these things are available to you. You can learn how to trust yourself again. You can learn how to tune into your body's signals again. You were born with the innate ability to know when you are hungry and when you are full. This skill did not disappear. You learned how to override it, but you can get it back. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and I mentioned one of the approaches that you are currently taking, I am not here to tell you that you are doing something bad or that you are doing something wrong. I am here to share my own experience with these approaches and why they didn't work for me and the challenges that I see many other people have with these approaches as well. If you are listening to this podcast, chances are that you don't have the peaceful relationship with food that you would like to have for yourself. So for me, once food wasn't the major source of struggle and focus in my life, I no longer wanted to listen to all of the podcasts that I used to listen to. I was no longer searching for all of the answers. So I, I started shifting my podcast time towards something else I wanted to learn about or something that was simply fun and entertaining. 
If you don't have the peaceful relationship with food that you think is possible for yourself, I invite you to get curious about why that might be. Don't take my word for any of this. With everything that I say and everything that anyone else says, get curious. What resonates with you? What feels true or right for you? Is there anything you might want to experiment with to see if you can achieve a different result? Einstein once said, you can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. That's part of what I love to do. Help shift your mind so that you see food and your struggles with it in a brand new way. It's my hope that listening to this podcast does provide you with some shifts that then you can get curious about. Now, I don't want you to just listen to this podcast and think, oh yeah, that was great, that was helpful, and then go on to do the same things you keep doing with food. That's not going to create change for you. In the last episode, I talked about the four pillars to creating peace with food. Clarity, connection, compassion, and confidence. If your approach isn't cultivating these four pillars, chances are that you are not on a path that will be sustainable in the long term. This is not something that you are on or off. It's truly a shift in your identity, in who you are being as an eater, and in how you relate to and interact with food. Now, if you're listening to this podcast when it airs in July of 2023, and you want to learn more about cultivating these four pillars for yourself and a new approach that creates a new identity for yourself as an eater, join me for my two-day virtual event where we are going to take a deep dive into a new approach. And you will discover hands-on how to go from triggered to trust with your binge food. Sign up today at janepilger.com forward slash event. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Binge Breakthrough. If you're a smart, successful woman who is ready to go from triggered to trust with your binge food, you won't want to miss my two-day virtual event where I will teach you how to work with your brain, body, and nervous system to create a peaceful relationship with food. This is not another class. It's an interactive experience where you will get to learn about and work with your nervous system in live time. And on day two, you'll bring your binge food and I will walk you through an exercise that just might change everything for you. The only cost to you is your time. Sign up today at janepilger.com forward slash event.